Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Oh, just as we're in that attitude of worship and prayer, if you're comfortable to close your eyes. That name, Jesus, what a beautiful name. In that name, we've been called to to preach the good news that God loves you so much this morning. And He wants to meet you where you're at. And He wants to make a difference in your life that doesn't just change for today, but changes forever. He loves you so much. Father, I thank you for your love this morning. I thank you that you sent your son. I thank you for forgiveness, for healing. Lord, I thank you for, for the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I thank you that it still changes lives today. And I just asked this morning for a special kind of uh, touch from heaven this morning that uh, supersedes my words, uh, something that I can't say or bring this morning, but something from heaven into our lives this morning that we know we have met with the living God who's not in a tomb or dead, but He is alive, He is risen, and He's here this morning to touch your life in a fresh way with a freshness. And if you believe it, why don't you say amen? Amen. And why don't you take your seat? Why don't you say hello to the person next to you? It's like, great to see you this morning. Thank you, worship team. Excellent. Wonderful to be with you this morning. My name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a privilege to, to serve at Kalamunda Church and with the wonderful team that we have. Thank you, worship team. Wasn't that fantastic? The worship team just get better and better. And all the media and sound and everyone that just serves. We serve, you know, Sunday's obviously a big thing in what we do. Uh, I love Sundays. I love gathering because it's in a church gathering that has changed my life before. And so I value it. I love it. But hey, just we're, we're more than a Sunday around here. You know, this is just a tiny bit. This is, you know, this is just an hour and a bit gathered, but really more, most hours are scattered. And so I pray this morning that you'll be empowered to be as powerful when you're scattered as when you're gathered. Amen. That's what it's all about. And we're in this series called Frequently Asked Questions, because who knows religion is offering answering questions that nobody is asking. <laughs> and Jesus has a way of answering questions that is really burning on people's hearts. And we want to be a kind of church that speaks to our culture, that answers questions that people are asking. So you've been sending in questions, and it's been wonderful. And Luke Winter did a fantastic job last week, sermon on anger, um, about anger. That was fantastic, Luke. Um, I said to him after, I said, that was ridiculous. Lee Good. <laughs> it was really good. I, I've still got a lot out of that. And our sermons are on podcast. If you don't know, you can go back and listen to them. Go on our website um, and, and listen to them again and again, which is good. And so we're in this. And I, I've got a, a, a difficult question today. But before I get into it, um, also next week is going to be more difficult. Rod will be preaching next week. And I've handballed him a more difficult question next week. Um, but no, I, I just pray that as we go through this, and I was chatting with Rod last week after the service, you know, these questions... Uh, we're saying how, uh, you know, are of a pastoral nature. We don't want to just give you 
black and white, wrong and right, this is the answer to the question, God's word says that that settles it. Rather, from a pastoral heart, there are sometimes these questions to wrestle with because we understand behind every question there is a person and a life and an experience and not everything is black and white, wrong and right, and not everything is that clear. And I think God often lives and dwells in the mystery and it's okay to uh, not know all the answers all the time. So with that, the barista coffee is ready, and we're going to head out now. Just joking. <laughs> so this question that came in this week, uh, well, not this week, but that I'm answering this week, is very close to my heart. And we are reading the questions on the screen, word for word, how they were delivered to honour that. It says this, when you say all are healed, and when well, this question is directed personally at me, by the way, uh, when you say we are all healed by the blood of Christ... Because a few weeks ago I did a sermon on communion and this question came out of that sermon on communion about the healing power of God uh, to heal physically. Uh, A, does this mean physical healing? And B, why then do some people never receive physical healing despite being faithful followers of Christ? Now this is not a straightforward question because every person that follows Jesus follows them in an individual way and God relates to you where you are at. And God, your journey with God is different from mine. You know, there are some things that are definitely the same and God's love for you and that sort of thing. But how we navigate this question, I'm going to give us some, I believe, some really helpful thoughts around this and answering some things that you can be sure of in, and some things you can be certain of even in some uncertainty. The reason it's not that straightforward is because when you read the Gospels and you see Jesus' ministry, uh, he heals a lot of people. Most of his ministry just about is all physical healing. But notice he never does it the same all the time. Like he once spat on dirt and picked it up and put it in someone's eyes to heal them. If anyone's got eye problems this morning, come forward and bring me some sand. Like he did that other times, he would speak a word and someone would be healed. Other times he would lay hands, he would pick somebody up. He would, it was, so here's what I want to say. God is consistently unpredictable. God is consistent in his heart of love and healing and transformation. That will never change. But he's unpredictable with sometimes how he goes about doing things, which I think is fascinating. Personally, um, there have been some extremes around healing. And if you've been around church circles for a long time, you'll know that. There, there, there is one view on healing, and I'm going to get to, the, to answer them questions uh, in a second, is that, is that healing, God did heal and Jesus did heal. But there is no healing today. God does not heal today. He chose to do it for thousands of years and he chose to do it through his apostles. But when they died, he does not heal today. I personally don't know how you can sit with that when you read the Bible and you read the New Testament church and you read Mark 16 that says, These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They will pick up you know, serpents and they will drink deadly poison. They will speak in new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And that wasn't for an apostle. That was for believers. And so I'm a believer. I hope you're a believer this morning. If you're not, there's an opportunity to become a believer this morning, that you could maybe put your trust in this Jesus I'm talking about. But, you know, so that, that is, there is also other extremes with healing, maybe on the other side where, well, 
if you've got, you know, if, if you're sick, you've got sin in your life. <laughs> and that's an extreme too, that is really not helpful to tell somebody, number one, they're sick already, so let's just pour condemnation and judgment on them. That'll really help them out. I hope you feel better now. You've probably got sin in your life. Am I saying that there is no correlation between sin and sickness? Not necessarily. Because sickness came into the world from sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, there was no sickness before sin. So am I saying that, but, but there is an extreme that you've got to be very careful with. And the other extreme is that you just don't have enough faith to be healed. It's, it's your fault. And again, wonderful thing to say to somebody who's already suffering, going, I'm sure that's going to lift them up and elevate their faith levels. And some of these things are just unhelpful. But um, I would love to show us in the Word of God some things that I think are clear. And then I'll give you some viewpoints about where, where I might land and where, where you might land. So what we're going to do is this. Um, firstly, go to the Word of God. And I'm going to go to a few scriptures if you are taking notes. Uh, Isaiah 53 and Matthew, uh, Matthew 8 is where we're going to go. Number one, is physical healing included in salvation? Great question. So we're going to answer that. And, I'm going to do, and then, then I'm going to answer the second one. Why then do some people... If it is, never receive healing. And I'm going to answer that one. And I'm going to do it with four questions of is, is it? How, if it is, how is it received? Why, why don't some people receive it? And what if, what if you never get healed? So here we go, are you ready? Put on your seatbelts because I'm going to say some things this morning that I'm expecting you may not agree with and that's okay. Everybody has the right to my opinion. I just want to be very clear on that. Um, I'm going to say some things that would have rattled my cage a bit when I grew up. I grew up not hearing some of these truths I'm about to bring. And I would encourage you to dig into the Word of God. And if you hear something and you're like, what? Wrestle with it. Uh, go away. Study it. Um, so, so I'm just giving you, putting your seatbelt on. Okay. Number one, uh, Psalm 103 verse 1 says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse 3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. When you read verse 3 there, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer that. Which one is easier to believe? That he forgives all your sins or, is it e or he heals all your diseases? It's really easier, if you're like me, I'm just being honest with you, it's easy for me to believe the first line. That he forgives all my sins. That's rather easy to believe. But then when you see that it's in the same verse, in the same Bible, that he heals all my diseases, it's a little bit harder to believe in the same way that I receive forgiveness. But so often in the Bible, God has married uh, forgiveness and healing together. And the gospel, when Jesus came and preached the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom, so often sin and sickness were together in salvation, in being redeemed. 
Think about the guy who was a paralytic and, and is having a, a, a great day because he had good friends that picked him up and took him to where Jesus was in this house and they ripped off some tiles and they lower him to Jesus and he's right in front of Jesus and Jesus looks at the man and says, your sins are forgiven. He looked at the man, notice this man, who knows whether he had faith or not, but Jesus saw these men and said, seeing their faith that they bring him to me, he looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven and you're like, well, that's probably not really what he wants. Like he's actually, you know, but he deals with his sin. But then, then the Pharisees are whinging in their minds and Jesus knew this. So he said, he says an amazing thing. He said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk. And so what he did was he said to the man, take up your mat, walk and go home. This man picked up the thing that took him there because Jesus wants you to pick up the things that are carrying you and you carry them as a testimony of what God can do in your life. And he picked it up and he walked out free But I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, which is easier, to forgive sin or heal disease? The answer for Jesus is, they're both easy. It's like nothing for God. God doesn't get scared at a diagnosis. God doesn't get stressed at the cancer word. God doesn't get stressed because it's, which is easier, he's saying, Jesus. And he's like, I can do both. Jesus knows that, in this fallen world we're in, it can be hard for us because so often people will let their experiences determine their theology. So what happens is you go around and we see things around us and what we see, we build what we believe about God on. But really what we need to do rather than that is to build our theology, build, sorry, let our experience be dictated to by the Word of God. And if you see it in the Word, don't, not the other way around, go, well, I'm not seeing it happening in my life, so therefore I need to change God's Word or mold it a bit more to fit in with my experiences. Rather, our experiences should fit in with God's truth, His Word of God. And that's what we want to do in this fallen world. So let's go to Isaiah 53 verse 1, and it says this. Um, remember, we're answering, is it physical healing when, um, when we talk about salvation? when we talk about becoming a Christian. Uh, Again, stay with me with your seatbelt on. It's all good. It says this, Who has believed our report, our message? Who has believed our message or report? Oh, yeah, I'll read from verse 1. because I love that thought, though. Isaiah is saying, Who has believed our report? Because in this world, it's only a matter of time and breaths before you get a negative report. And we'll all come across getting reports that are facts. The doctor said, and it's a fact, but I want to tell you that Isaiah said there is another report. You get a choice to believe the world's report on so many things. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Doubt comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the devil and the world. And so, much, so often we're living in doubt and fear because we're more tuned into the TV, the news and social media than God's Word. And I'm preaching to myself this morning, Amen. But we're so tuned into that, and faith doesn't come by that. Faith comes by hearing not the, word, the report of the world, the report of God's Word. He says, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Speaking of Jesus, the Messiah, he says this, He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. ground. He had no beauty, catch this about Jesus, or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. Remember, this is thousands of years before predicting Jesus would come to save us from our sin. Um, 
a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Verse 4, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. That word there in another translation, he took up our griefs. And that word is infirmities and sicknesses where it is used nearly 20 other times in Hebrew in the Old Testament. He took up our griefs, our infirmities, our sicknesses, our pain uh, and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our sins, sins, our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Now, I remember looking into this verse and I was working at a church pastoring and I was digging into this area about healing and another pastor on staff knew that I was looking into this stuff. Now, this pastor didn't believe that healing was for today. So what he did was, <laughs> I would be preparing to preach at the front, um, and we're about to start church, and he's down the back, and he's setting up a table with pamphlets. And I'm like, that's interesting. And I go down, what, what are these pamphlets? And he's setting up pamphlets to explain away how you can never use the term, by his stripes we are healed. So he wanted to help uh, educate my church and us and get my theology in order that you, you just, just to say those words. And I actually took it very seriously. And I thought, well, I don't want to be using Christian cliches, by his stripes I'm healed. I don't want to just be saying that because it sounds cool. I want to know, is that the truth? So this stirred me to dig into the Hebrew and look at where that word pain, grief, suffering was. And I went and looked through, and every time I found it in the Old Testament, it always referred to physical ailments. Now, for me, that was enough. That, that, that made, I think you can say that this is talking about... Because he said to me, Brad, it's just spiritual. This is, it is a spiritual healing it doesn't mean anything else. It's not spirit, soul, and body. And I'm like, well, I want to dig in and I want to know the truth. That would have been enough for me. But then I did some further stuff and I went over to Matthew 8, verse 16, which is on the screen. And it says this about Jesus. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word. Oh, I love it. That word, all, that means all. He didn't leave anyone out. And then catch this, verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Jesus is, Isaiah is, as Jesus comes, he is fulfilling what Isaiah said. And let's quickly go to Matthew 8 and get this verse in context. What is he talking about? He, all who were sick, maybe it was just spiritual sickness. So let's have a quick check. Are you with me this morning? So, okay, Matthew 8 verse 1, it says this, before this verse, it says, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes follow him, and behold, a leper came, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He had leprosy, not a spiritual ailment. This was a physical thing, leprosy. <clears throat> and he was not clean. And he had the million-dollar question to say, I know you can heal, Jesus, but what I really want to know, is it God's will to heal? 
I know he's all powerful, but if I'm just going to keep with these prayers saying, Lord, if it be your will, heal me, I want to check my theology on that. And I'm going to ask him the question the leper's like, Lord, if you will, you can make me whole. And then Jesus reached out his hand, put out his hand and touched a leper. He touched a leper. This was crazy. This guy had COVID-19 on steroids, on steroids. And he was willing to touch someone like that. He, was, he didn't go, just give me some physical distancing right now. You're a leper. And uh, I'm just going to get my mask. And I'm just going to get ready. And I'm not condemning any of that stuff. Or judging. I'm just saying, like, Jesus, here's the thing. On the inside of Jesus was no fear of getting sick. He was not scared about getting sick at all. And he knew that when he touched sickness, there was more power in him that was in the sickness. Come on. This same Jesus lives in you. This same Jesus lives in me. There is more power on the inside of you. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us, in you. Man, you have got something. You know, Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than the outside. Because he knew he had Jesus. And Jesus touched him and healed immediately the leprosy left, a physical thing. Let's read down. It says in verse 5, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy of that. You should, that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word that my servant may be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. And he said to those who follow, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come. And so this guy, this centurion, wants his servant healed. And he comes to Jesus, and Jesus doesn't heal him the same way. He, doesn't, he offers to go. But what was amazing about this centurion is he understood the principle of authority. He knew that he was someone in authority, and he knew that his word has power. You know, when you are speeding down the road, which you'd never do, of course, and going too fast, all that a policeman has to do is step out from behind that tree and put up his hand and all the authority is there. There's authority that will cause your actions to change. (laughs) Otherwise, your future will. And so he's got all that authority. And this centurion knew that he knows he's got authority. He knows that when he says something to his servants, he is backed up by all the authority of Caesar. He knows he's got something so big behind him, he carries weight. And he says to Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house. Come on, this is good. You don't even need to come here. All you've got to do is speak the word because I know when you speak, all of heaven backs you up. Your father in heaven is backing up the word that you speak and be encouraged. This same healer lives in me lives in you. And heaven wants to back up the authority that you have as a believer. That's a whole nother sermon. And and he's like, but notice that this servant was physically suffering. Then we go down to verse 14. I'm going to move a bit faster. Peter's mother-in-law, she is in bed with a fever. And that's a bad thing if your mother-in-law is sick, isn't it? Why are you laughing? Strange. (laughs) And Jesus comes and he rebukes the fever and he 
picks her up and she starts to serve them. Again, a fever isn't a spiritual thing. It's not, it may be a spiritual thing behind it, and there may be spiritual things behind physical sicknesses. But I just want to clarify and, and to notice that if I'm honoring God's word, Isaiah, and honoring the fulfillment of it with Jesus, and honoring what, what, what Matthew is saying, an apostle is saying about it, then we are saying that physical healing came with Jesus' ministry. Um, when we go then over to Peter, 1 Peter 2, 23 and 24, it then says this, because think about it, Isaiah was looking forward Jesus is the fulfillment. And then Peter says this, when they hurled their insults at him, speaking of Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He bore our sins, his sin and sickness together, sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. But by his wounds, you have been healed. And Peter is looking back and he's saying, we're not trying to get healed today. In past tense, we have been healed. And he's using Isaiah's language as well, which I believe, if you put it all into context, you can talk about how Jesus, um, in the atonement, the, day, the atonement in atoning for our sin on the cross, when we speak of the cross, we speak of the death, burial, resurrection. We speak of the, the stripes that he took. When we speak of the cross, we speak of the salvation that he brings is spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. While I'm on that point, it is also accurate to say we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved, if that makes sense. So we have been saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin. We don't have to give in to sin's power every time it comes knocking on your door. You do know that, don't you? You don't have to think every thought that state comes into your head. You do have the mind of Christ. We have been saved from the power of sin. And we will eventually be saved from the presence of sin. The presence of sin is very real in the world today, which is why even Christians sin. Now, let me ask you a question. When, since you've been a Christian, Jesus forgives all your sins... So have you ever sinned? We have all sinned. Does that mean that sin has not been atoned for, that it's not in salvation because of our experience? No, because we live in the presence of sin still. Now, what about with healing? We have been healed, but we still live in the presence of a fallen terrible, evil world of free will where sickness is very real and people get sick. And for a Christian, one of the biggest things in a sermon like I'm preaching now is to not be condemned about sickness, not to feel guilty about sickness because I'm preaching on healing. That's, that's what the devil wants you to do. And that's not helpful at all. But if we're to honor God's word, then we are in the presence of sickness. But just like sin, we don't need to always give in to sickness. And be tempted by it. We, can, we actually have authority. We actually have power. We actually have the, the risen Lord. And what we have, as I've just given us, is a, an understanding that God isn't trying to heal people today. If you said to me, Brad, does God heal today? I'd probably go, no. 
He already has. He healed 2,000 years ago when we went through our cancer journey with our son and people would say, oh, I'm just praying for your healing. I said, I'm not. I'm believing it happened 2,000 years ago on the cross and I'm believing and I'm trusting that what is in his spirit will be manifested in his body. You have a spirit. So I'm sort of jumping around now because I just feel the Holy Spirit leading me to go here. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that when you trust in Jesus, um, that you become a new creation. Behold, all, all things pass away. Everything is new. You are a new creation. Um, who knows that when you become a Christian and a new creation, you still have the same freckles. You still have the same get on the scales. You probably weigh the same. So if all things have become new, where did they become new? And I would submit to you in your spirit. Your spirit is perfectly perfect, perfect as it is right now before God. And you worship God in spirit and truth. That's why you can come boldly to the throne of grace. No judgment, no condemnation. No matter what you did yesterday, last night, how late you stayed out, how much you drank, how much you smoked, whatever's going on. You can come boldly to God because if you trusted in Jesus, I'm not condoning sin, but he's not looking at your sin. You are in your spirit. You are right with God right now. You won't ever be loved more by God. You won't ever. But in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, we are being renewed. That's what Romans 12 tells us, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the more we renew, so what I was doing during our cancer journey, the whole way through, I was renewing my mind. I was speaking and saying, thank you, God, that by your stripes, he, he is healed. Thank you, Father, that you, have, uh, you bring restore health. I'm renewing my mind to the Word of God. And you know what that means? That means not trusting in what you see, feel, and think, but trusting in God's Word. And... I've had people say to me, well, what if it wasn't a good outcome? What if things didn't go well? It's all right for you, Brad. You've got a, you've got a good story, but there's lots with very unhappy endings. And I want to say that, that in wrestling with that, I've got some other stories that I won't share with some very unhappy endings. And personally for me, and this is where I'm going to share my opinion right now, I personally don't think God needs to do anything else. I think he's done everything he needs to do on his end and I just need to receive what he's done. It's sin and sin. How do we receive it? Just by trusting. And so when I pray about healing, I'm not, I don't come to people, if you ever want me to pray for you for healing, I won't be going, oh, is this God's will? Is it not? I believe the Bible. It is done. Jesus healed all. Jesus loves to heal. And I've got a couple of thoughts I'm going to move to now on that because I've just jumped around. So is it God's will to heal everyone every time? I absolutely believe it is. I'm going to answer what you're thinking right now in a second, though. But I absolutely think it is because of this. Four, three quick things if you're taking notes. Number one, it's his nature. Hebrews 1 verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Jesus, that word there, exact representation, Jesus is the exact, exactly, perfectly, perfectly image of what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, don't look at pastors, don't look at religion, look at Jesus. Jesus never went up to somebody and said, I just want to put this sickness on you so it teaches you a lesson. And I'm serious, this, this isn't getting spoken about in a lot of churches, but he never did that. Anyone who came to Jesus for healing, he healed. He is the exact representation of God. And I grew up in a church where they said this, they said, the reason he healed everybody, Brad is was to authenticate his divinity. 
like he has an ego problem. Like, I've got to go and heal people so that I'm, oh, they've got to know that I'm God. Let me submit to you a really radical thought. Jesus healed everybody because he loves people. Because he loves people. God wants to heal because he loves you. If, if you. I'm sure if I asked right now any person, if you could walk into the hospital today and heal every person in there, would you want to do that? Of course you would want to do that. That's your heart for wholeness. God's heart is for wholeness. God's heart is for that. That's what he loves. And so he's so much more perfect than our evil hearts. But it's his nature to heal. Uh, 10, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing. See, healing is a good thing. Doing good and healing and all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. It's his nature. It's also his name. As I come to this part of the sermon where it's, gonna, it's, it's getting good now, well, I think it is. Exodus 15, Exodus 15, 26b says this. Remember, he brought them out of Egypt and there was not a feeble one among them that when God, even in the old covenant, when he got them out of Egypt, the place of sin and slavery, when he got them out, he also got them out whole, physically. And he says this, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. He's saying it's my name. That is Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, my healer, that's his name. If that's his name and his nature, then I know it's God's will to heal. I have no doubt in my mind at all. And even when things don't happen and I don't see something happen the way I feel like it is in the Word of God, I don't blame God. I really don't. And I also don't blame people or myself or get condemned because it really is God who is the healer. And I'm believing for Kalamunda and our church here to be a place of healing. Physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. God cares about everything. He cares about the whole person. And he came to bring wholeness. I like that word more than healing is to be whole. Not perfect, but to be whole. Jehovah Rapha is his name, the Lord who heals you. Uh, and also, notice that Jesus was always moved with compassion, and that's why he healed. It's not to just say, hey, I'm the son of God. But it did also authenticate that he was. And, and God's word, Psalms 107.20 says, he sent his word and healed them, just like the centurion experienced the word of Jesus. So let me move on to that next part of the question. If it does include physical healing, if physical healing is something that we don't demand, but rather receive, then How? How do, how do we receive it? And I'd like to say this to you. How did you receive your salvation? How did you receive your forgiveness of sins? And the answer is Ephesians 2.8 says this, For it is by grace you are saved, have been saved, through faith, and that is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You know, there'll be no boasting in heaven about how you got there. It won't be like, she should have seen the stuff I did. It's only by grace 
So we are saved by God's grace. That's unmerited favor. You can't earn it. It's a gift of God. If you're here this morning and you've never, you might have heard religion that you've got to do stuff to get to God. Well, that's just a load of rubbish. And the grace of God is that He did everything to get to you by coming to the cross and He meets you where you're at. If you just say, hey, I'm a sinner in need of saving. I want to repent and turn to Jesus. That's all you do. You receive the free gift. It is by grace, but it is through faith. Through How do you receive healing? by grace through faith. And there's two extremes in this camp. One extreme would be this. I receive healing by, let's say over here, grace. In other words, just I don't do anything at all. If God wants me healed, then I'll be healed. I'm just going to just sit here and be quiet and just wait. And if I'm healed, I'm healed and keep checking. That's one. The other extreme is faith. Well, I've got to have enough faith. I've got to muster up enough faith. I've got to believe, believe. And like you're just popping vessels, trying to believe harder. And how can I believe more? And, and, my fa- and what this one does over here is when you see a healing or you see something happen, you're like, oh, I did it. No, that's works. To, faith to the extreme becomes works. And it's not grace. It's a balance if it's by grace. But it is through, an ele- there is an element of faith. We've got to be honest in the Gospels, by your faith, uh, so many people, uh, let it be to you according to your faith, your trust. So there is an element of that, but it's actually God's done it all. I just receive by grace through faith, the same way you were saved. I remember years ago, many years ago, um, I had this, you don't mind me sharing some personal details, do you? Stays in these four walls. I had this like growth come out of my tongue. I know, gross. Sky wouldn't kiss me for weeks. It's terrible. Anyway, this growth on my tongue, and I'm one of these people that uh, I don't um, look forward to going to the dentist. And so I remember I just put it off, put it off, and but this started to bug me. And if you're like me, a human being, I started to started to think of all the possible scenarios. Well, what what if it's a cancer? What what if I've got something? This growth, what is it? Like I've started to sort of freak myself out, thinking the worst case scenario. And I thought I'm not going to go to the dentist. I'll go I'll go to the doctor eventually. I'm talking months, and this thing's getting bigger. And I said, went to the doctor, ripped out my tongue, had a look. And I'm like, and he goes, ooh, <laughs> which is never a good response by the doctor, by the way. Never good. And I said, what do you think? He goes, I don't know. He says, I think you need to go to a dentist. Like, Great. It's not what I wanted to hear. And I said, oh, all right, I'll, I understand. He goes, look, I really think a dentist would be able to just slice it off and we can take it away and get it examined and we'll let you know the results. And I was just like freaking out. I didn't want to go to the dentist. And so at the time, I was sheep shearing full-time. And in the morning, I was listening to uh, similar uh, faith uh, teaching about healing. And I thought, man, I don't want to go to the dentist, God. I'm just going to start. So I would, every morning on the way to the shearing shed, I would pray over my tongue. So literally, this is what would happen in my car. In the name of Jesus, I just command you to think and swivel. I'm healed by his sight. Uh, that's a true story. I actually did that on the way. And I'd lay hands on my tongue and didn't get my prayers to say like, like I was speaking in tongues. And I tell you the story because the next day I'm driving along and I look in the mirror and it's still there. A week later, it's still there. I just had something on the inside of me go, you know what? No, I, I believe it's already been done. I believe it's been healed. And I believe that 
Just like Jesus, when he saw a fig tree and he cursed the fig tree, the fig tree didn't change straight away, but the next day it was shriveled up. Why? Because your word will speak to the root, not the fruit. So sometimes you are judging your experience by the fruit of what's happening. And you pray a prayer and you go, oh, nothing's happening. It doesn't work. God doesn't work. No, you're speaking to the root of the problem. So it's shriveled up from the roots. And you know, within um, two months, I'm I'm telling the truth because I'm a preacher, that growth, I had no dental visits, no dental costs. It just left. It just shrunk and left. And I just kept speaking. I just let just gone. You know, if God cares about something on your tongue, he cares about what's going on in your life. And I really believe that that was just receiving. I can't do it. You have done it. Trusting in God. But, you know, if it hadn't have gone away, I wasn't going, gee, God doesn't work. If I still had it today, I'd just be believing what the Word says. Let the Word dictate my experience, not my experience dictate my Word. I need to move on. Here we go. How is it received? By grace, through faith. Um, why then do some never receive healing? This is the creature in it. Why then do some people never receive physical healing despite being faithful followers of Jesus? Three words. I don't know. Because it would be so individual to that person's relationship with God. But well, here's what I do know. God's mind has not changed about this in his word. And that is never to bring condemnation on a person. This will never be a church where we'll say to you, gee, you don't have enough faith to be healed. That is just disgusting to put that on people. Don't ever say to somebody who's going through something and got, 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 got that grief already going on and, and struggling in their own journey and peeve that rubbish on them is so insincere. It's not the heart of God. God wants to meet them where they're at and it's not about that. There is Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation if you are in Christ Jesus. So I just want to make that clear. But as I alluded to before and talked about, we are in a fallen world. We are in the presence of sin. And just like Christians sometimes fall to sin, they'll also fall to sickness. Can we stand against it and resist it? I believe if we were more plugged into God's word, I believe we would stand against a lot more sickness. If we were more in tune with that, um, should we be, when I said before about grace and faith, um, the, the other extreme of that works thing, which I've been down before going through the cancer journey in our family, was that, well, if I just eat all organic and if I just juice enough and do enough exercise and keep this temple clean, because, you know, like Luke said last week, Jesus cleansed the, physical, the, the, the temple, well, he also needs to cleanse this temple. And if I, you know, I, I've been down there and I was like, you know what, I deserve to be, to be healed. I deserve to be whole because, you know what, I'm doing all the right stuff. And I'm not against all that because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and we should look after our bodies and do our best. But it is a gift from God healing. It is not a work from us. So yes, we should still do the things that are, that, that are, common, that, that are healthy and common sense. But if someone comes up to you and you don't go, well, you know, Jesus didn't go to the leper. He didn't go, well, you know, what's your diet like? You know, He's, you know how much sleep are you getting? You know, are you looking after yourself? Have you forgiven everybody in your circle yet? You know, it's, 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 it wasn't like that. And so uh, all that to say, there are, there are different things going. All that to say, I lost my notes. Where was I? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Why do some never receive healing? In this fallen world, we, we fall prey to sin and sickness. And you know what? The good news about what I'm really preaching today is that, is that, 
whatever's going on in your world, it should actually excite you. It should excite you that you can actually trust and dig into God's word and trust God on a deeper level for maybe healing that you have been praying for. Maybe something you've been praying for, praying for. I just encourage you, just to, instead of you know, getting on you emotionally saying, God, heal me now. You know, it's, just, it's not an emotional thing. It's a word-based reality that's already happened. And so you can just trust and receive with relaxation. You know the word disease, disease, dis-ease. There's a dis-ease going on in your bodily system. God wants to bring about an ease. Amen? He wants things to flow in your life. So there are many reasons, and there could be different reasons of why somebody isn't, is, doesn't receive healing. Um, and again, I don't think we, we judge people, but we should encourage people to, to trust, encourage people to, to believe. And as the band come up, come up, I've got one last point, and I'm finishing off. But um, there could be many reasons, and the, the biggest exciting thing is that God isn't schizophrenic, he doesn't change his mind, he doesn't say to one person, well, I'd like to heal that person but not the other one. I really don't believe that. I really don't think you can back that up in Scripture that, well, you know, it just worked out for someone and didn't work out for someone else. God's heart is the same for all people. And so I just want to leave us with that tension there that, you know what, there is no condemnation, but am I really trusting God? Um. What if I, last thing on the screen, what if I never see a healing manifest in my physical body? What if I never see it manifest? And my answer to that is, and I've shared some stories before, but when I've prayed for people and been to their funeral not, and had done their funeral, not long later, my response when I don't see a physical healing is, and it might sound cliche, but it's so powerful, is I'm just going to trust God anyway. I'm just going to trust that I, in His goodness. I'm going to trust that even though I don't understand, that's okay. It's okay not to understand why people don't receive healing. For me, like I said, I've got a bit of a, a, a belief system and a framework that I've developed just through the Word of God and through, through trusting in where I'm at. I'm not saying I know it all and I'm certainly not saying I'm, I still need to learn. I do. And I'm not saying I've got it all figured out, but I certainly believe that the, God's nature and His name and His will is to bring wholeness to the whole person. What about when it never manifests? Well, we're all going to die eventually. And I'd rather die believing and have a chat with God when I get there. It's like, don't, why do you preach? Some people say, why do you preach this stuff about believing and having faith? You know, you're just going to get people's hopes up. The gospel should get your hopes up. You should be living with hopes up. Well, no, well what are these faith preachers? Would you rather a doubt preacher? Oh, someone just give me some doubt. I reckon I've had too much doubt in churches in my life, and I'm not condemning churches, but I think I've had too much doubt. And so many things. And so, oh, we don't know, don't know, we don't know about it. I'd rather have some faith in my life and some trust and go, you know what, I'm going to look at this through God's Word. So what do we do when it doesn't manifest? Well, we just trust God. And we don't judge. And we don't pour condemnation. And, and, and we just realise that we're all going to die one day. But He's with the Lord in heaven. The most people will say, and someone once said this to me, Brad, they said, you know, I prefer just to focus on people's spiritual condition. They need to be saved. That's way more important than healing. And I'm like, why not both? <laughs> the gospel, the full gospel, why not both? But I agree that 
most important thing is that you have your life right with God, that you are spiritually at peace with God, that you have been forgiven of all your sins and they've been washed away and that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's, that's so important. Okay, so what we're going to do this morning, I'm going to do something a bit different. Well, it's not actually. It's going to do something very much similar, the same as last time. Is um, I'm going to invite the worship team to, to, um, to, to sing a final song and and I'm going to be down the front, and, they, and as usual, when, when, when you're released, and I think um, the, when the Brista coffee's going, if you could just refrain from having big conversations in here, but rather take them out to the foyer and grab a coffee, because we really want to pray for people down the front here on the sides, and maybe you want to come forward today. You want to trust God with, with receiving. Remember, He's already done it. you just got to receive it. You're not trying to get it. You've already got it. It's in your spirit. It's literally just a couple of inches away from the body, and it wants to come out explode into your life. So I'm going to open that up for prayer, for specifically for healing, mental, physical, emotional, whatever that looks like. And we'd love to lay hands and pray. Um, so I'm going to yeah, do that right now. That's where we're going to land today. Let me just pray in closing though. If you're here this morning, Father, I just want to bless every person this morning. I want to pray for people here that maybe don't know you, that this would be the day. Jesus, make yourself real to them. Holy Spirit, touch their lives. Father, I thank you for the words I've spoken. I just pray any that have been of Brad's flesh and not of the Spirit would die and fall to the side. And the words that have been of Spirit and of life would be like a seed in our heart that would germinate and bear fruit. Lord, the fruit of healing, that we would not give up or get faint uh, in good, doing good in trusting you, but we would hold on to reap the harvest. Father, I just speak over this place, a place of healing, Spirit, soul and body. I feel led to pray for people that are shifting their frame of belief. There's been a shift this morning from, oh, I don't really know if God wills to heal me. I know. He, he loves me. Of course He wills. I don't feel judgment or condemnation if I haven't experienced it, but gee, that's His heart. And I want to pray for you that this would be a morning of receptivity, of receiving, of just trusting in the finished work of Jesus on the cross where we are by His stripes. We are healed. Everyone with faith said, Amen. Why don't you stand with us?